We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. has got him and a sack him back inside the 30-yard line. Nick Bosa drops Aaron Rodgers for a 13-yard loss. Quick pass caught by Kittle. He dives and he's in. Touchdown 49ers. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for all of you fine folks on the other end of the speaker. I appreciate you guys tuning in. This episode, as always, is brought to you by Prize Picks. The 49ers tonight coming off a 30-12 to primetime Thursday night football win over the New York Giants. And I'm still, obviously my voice is still a little hoarse. I'm going to keep saying that until the sun comes up. But I'm also just still a little emotional because... Tonight, we got to see Captain Andrew Luck in the flesh for the first time. If you haven't caught it on social media, Andrew Luck came out for their little Thursday night football set as part of, you know, that Stanford team. I think, I want to say he was probably on the same team as Richard Sherman. And was dressed in full Civil War garb, like his parody account on Twitter called Captain Andrew Luck. And I, I mean, this is... How long ago was that account actively tweeting? I don't even know if that account still exists. I'm going to I'm going to search it right now. But I don't think it still exists. I, I couldn't find it right off the get, but I actually used the acronym for not acronym, but abbreviation for captain. And maybe that was the problem. But you know, there used to be that super funny account that constantly tweeted stuff from Andrew Luck's perspective as if he was back in the Civil War and each football game was a new battle. And to see him, like, obviously he's been retired for years now, but to see him walk out in that, like, I wouldn't say I was emotional, but I was like, dude, that is so damn cool that we finally got to see the real life Captain Andrew Luck. Like, it just, it was so funny to me. I couldn't believe it. And what's a little inside story here, I wonder if it's still on here. I actually helped design a Civil War photoshopped picture of Jimmy Garoppolo because my buddy Bobby was running, created kind of like the same account um, 
for Jimmy Garoppolo. And I, I don't even remember for sure what it calls, what it was called. I don't remember his name. I'm trying to trying to find it, but I, I doubt I'm gonna be able to find it. It's just this is all like come rushing back to me here. I'm just searching Jimmy Garoppolo and see if there it is. Major Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and you know what? That must be a different one because the one on there is not the one I photoshopped. It looks terrible compared to the one I did. I'm not, I mean, I'm not being a hater, but I thought that was it. I could post the photo one time. I'd have to find it. Uh, maybe the Twitter account doesn't exist anymore, but at one point there was a, a, a major Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe it was major. I don't remember what rank it was, but funny story. I actually photoshopped a picture for one of those accounts at one point and it looked damn good. I'll have to bring it back up. So funny story over Uh, to start this out. I am going to read off just a ton of stats that have been put out since this game are just kind of crazy. Uh, Nick Wagner of ESPN was tweeting a ton of them. Good dude. Picking up the game of golf. Um, If you ever see Nick say hi, he's he's a good dude. I like Nick, but he was firing off uh, like statistical tweets after the game. So many of which were just kind of blowing my mind. The Giants, here's, I'm just going to start listing them off. Again, shout out to Nick Wagner of ESPN. Um, and obviously, if you don't already, follow him on Twitter, at NWagner. That's the whole That's the whole handle. He said the Giants had 150 yards of total offense. The 49ers had 201 yards after the catch. 441 yards total. Damn. Let's keep going. Uh, Giants blitz 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy on a whopping 74% of his dropbacks. That's the highest blitz rate, blitz rate faced by a quarterback with at least 30 dropbacks since Colin Kaepernick against Arizona in 2013, which was 88%. The 29 blitzes Purdy faced more than doubled his previous high of 14. Uh, 49ers get to 3-0 for the first time since 2019. It's only their second 3-0 start in the past 25 years. Uh, let's keep going. Uh, quarterback Brock Purdy on a night where he was clearly off in the first half, still has his first 300-yard-plus performance past the game in the regular season. If It's the, it's the second 300-plus-yard game of his career overall, Seattle in the playoffs. Purdy was 25 of 37 for 310 yards, two touchdowns, and a 111.3 passer rating. Let's keep going. For the first time since 1998, the 49ers scored of at least 30 points in each of their first three games of the regular season. First time since 1998. Brock Purdy against the Blitz in the first half. 9 of 16, 5.8 yards per attempt. Brock Purdy against the Blitz in the second half. 8 of 11, 13 yards per attempt and a touchdown. Total, Brock Purdy was 17 of 27 for 236 yards and two touchdowns versus the Blitz tonight. So Nick Wagner just rattling off some statistical greatness after the game. Next-gen stats uh, followed that up, saying the Giants blitz Brock Purdy on 33 of his 39 dropbacks, 84.6%, the highest blitz rate in a game in the next-gen sports era. Likewise, Purdy averaged the fastest time to throw of his career, 2.3 seconds. Purdy versus that pressure was 20 of 31 for 247 yards and two touchdowns. And then I was kind of compile them here and there. Here's one, Matt Mayoko. He says himself, a stat I'll definitely repeat on the next podcast. This is a a great one. Since his last interception, including the postseason, Brock Purdy is 125 of 190 for 1,636 yards, 10 touchdowns, 
no interception, and a passer rating of 110.3. So right now, I am doing the math on what 125 out of 190 is. That's 65%. That's right around, if not a little above average, maybe above significantly above average. I'm not sure. Usually the NFL average is right around 60%, but I'm going to repeat that. Since his last interception, including the postseason, 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy is 125 of 190 for 1,636 yards, 10 touchdowns, no interceptions, and a passer rating of 110.3. I don't know how many games that is since his last. I mean, you could go to Brock Purdy's stats and we could find his last interception. Let's, Let's dig into this statistical wonder from Matt Mayoko. Let's find Brock Purdy's last interception. Here we go. Interception column, bam. Week 16 against the Las Vegas Raiders. So actually not that long ago. That means it's one, two, three, four. That's four games. One of those games is essentially a nothing burger against the Eagles. Okay, so let's let's not count that one. Let's take that one away. Let's go one, two, three, and then you have the three games this season, four, five, six. So in six games, Purdy's thrown for 65% of his passes, 1,600 yards, and 10 touchdowns. If you want to just do some super crazy math, let's just multiply that by two, and that would be less than, not more like three. Three would be closer. You're talking about a quarterback throwing 30 touchdowns, no interceptions, and like uh, 4,800 yards. So, now look, that is a very rough just you know, throw it on the wall, see if it sticks type projection, but don't take it seriously. But obviously the numbers for what Purdy is doing is pretty insane. It's it's pretty wild. Um, Purdy for the game as a whole tonight was 25 of 37. That's 67% for 310 yards, 8.5 yards per pass, two touchdowns, no interceptions, and a 111.3 rating. 215 yards out of Purdy's 310 were after the catch. And to me, what still impresses me about that is if he's getting blitzed at over 80% per next-gen stats, 84.6%, then that means Purdy is in about 2.3 seconds is finding either the open man or the appropriate hot route. I'm sure Kyle Shanahan had shorter hot routes built into almost every single play, given they were expecting the Giants to blitz a lot. But the fact that he's able to execute that on down in and down out is impressive. Um, A comment I got on Twitter said, I'm confused all night. People have been saying he didn't play so good, but the numbers say he killed it. Brock Purdy in the first quarter with 5 of 11 for 68 yards. It was obviously a pretty down quarter. Um, It it didn't look good. He also threw two passes, one to George Kittle and one to Debo Samuel, both of which could have been intercepted, but... Both players, Kittle and Samuel, broke up the pass. Kittle, after he broke up that pass, put his sword away like uh, you know the, the the new DB celebration is hilarious. But anyways, in the first quarter, Purdy was five of eleven for sixty eight yards. For the rest of the game, Purdy was twenty of twenty six for two hundred and forty two yards and two touchdowns. So yeah, things got out of hand for Purdy in in the first quarter. You know, obviously he had to get used to the timing used to the timing and the speed in which the Giants defense was coming after him. And once he did, he was almost flawless. That is pretty damn impressive. 
Um, Christian McCaffrey after the game said, we're lucky to have, we're lucky he's our quarterback. That's for sure. He makes a lot of big plays. He's not afraid to throw the ball deep. You see the one, you saw the one to Debo. That was awesome. You just got to go out there and keep making plays for him. Uh, obviously this team has a ton of respect for what Brock Purdy does and the way he plays. Um, Nick Bosa said after the game that he has a ton of confidence in Purdy and the way he plays the game gets the defense fired up. Uh, Ronnie Bell after the game, who caught his first touchdown this evening from Brock Brock Purdy on a ridiculous play, said just playing with a quarterback like that just gets you jazzed up. Like you, You feel like you love being out there with him. He pumps you up. The way he plays the game pumps you up. The ball is always where it needs to be. Uh, I really do think Purdy is is really taking over this locker room uh, in a great way, in a great way. Um, What else we got here? We can get into my notes, but I just thought it would be cool to throw those stats out there. I was just seeing them pop up over and over, and I was just kind of blown away by a lot of them. I mean, there's usually a, a, you know, a, I don't know, a, a huge number of interesting statistics that pop up after a game, but I thought the ones from this game were particularly interesting, especially when you consider um, how rough that first drive, that first quarter was for Purdy, but really turned it around. And that's kind of what you want to see. How does a new quarterback, a young quarterback play when things are not going that great? And he turned it around just to go through my, just, I, I, I made sure I was taking notes on almost everything that stood out. Uh, Nick Bosa got his first sack of the season. It was hilarious, guys. Um, what the Giants essentially did is they lined a tight end up out wide, probably five feet past Nick Bosa on the line. Nick Bosa was uncovered, and they expected that tight end to like down block on Nick Bosa so that... Um, what the hell is the Giants quarterback name? Freaking Daniel Jones. I was like, I know it's a standard white name. Why am I forgetting this? Daniel Jones. My goodness, Rob. Hey, long day. Bear with me, guys. Come on. Come on. Sit sit down. Come back. Sit down. All right. So, again, repeat myself. The Giants lined a tight end up out wide, about five feet, a few yards, two, two yards, three yards, past Nick Bosa. Further outside than Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa was uncovered, and they expected that tight end to be able to chip slash down block on Nick Bosa so that Daniel Jones could roll out beyond him. They expected a tight end to be able to cover about two or three yards worth of space while Nick Bosa is getting a free release. Do you see that man's fucking stance? The dude looks like he's posing, posing for what is it when when the guys do it? Play play girl. Every time he's about to rush the passer. I mean, he gets all spread out, one leg up, one leg back. Dude's like five yards long, arms forward. Just looks like he's he's just letting everybody know what he looks like and what he's about to do. You think a guy who has a stance like that is going to get down blocked by a tight end that's like two or three yards away. What the hell are you thinking? Maybe the tight end got distracted by Nick Bosa's pose and how awesome it is. But Jesus, Nick Bosa went straight at Daniel Jones and brought him down about one yard shy of the end zone when you incorporate forward progress. 
I mean, a lot of people thought he had a sack in the end zone, but if you if you look at the play, he, it was very clearly forward progress. But it was just a, a hilarious. It was worse. Not you know, obviously Daniel Jones didn't get hurt, so that's great. But it was worse than what the 49ers did with Brock Purdy in the NFC Championship game. Like it, it, it was more egregious. At least they put a tight end in front of the pass rusher. You know, not that I want to bring that up. I'm sorry I brought that up. Guys, come come back. Come on. Sit down. Sit down. I didn't mean to bring that up again. I'm sorry, okay? I'm staring at this statistic from this game. Time of possession. 49ers, 39 minutes and 10 seconds. That is three-fourths of the football game. Giants, 20 minutes and 50 seconds. Damn. On third down, the Giants were 3 of 12. The 49ers were 9 of 16. Total net yards. Giants, 150. 49ers, 441. Average gain, 3.3 yards for the Giants. 49ers, 5.7. Rushing yards. Giants, 29. San Francisco, 141. Passing yards. Giants, 121. 49ers, 300. It was an absolute ass whooping. And the score should have been, again, in, in kind of a 49ers trend developing this year, much more lopsided than it seemed. Christian McCaffrey caught an absolute dime for Brock Purdy down the left sideline. Um, the linebacker tried to break up the pass and kind of brought his hands down over the football, and it knocked it away from McCaffrey. That would have been a touchdown. I saw mentioned online a couple times that George Kittle would have had a touchdown had he not stumbled. I'm not exactly sure which play that was. Was that the play where they were flagged for illegal contact? Funny watching Twitter lose their mind over that, by the way. Like, the George Kittle was like six, seven, eight yards downfield, and the linebacker rerouted him, which means like pushed him, knocked him off his route, and then got flagged for illegal contact, and people were like, this is, this is absolutely abysmal. Like, that's exactly what the penalty is. What are you worried about? Now, the penalty sacking Brock Purdy on the Giants, he did put his weight on him. Is the Does the rule kind of suck, sort of? Do you understand why it's there? Sure. But that's a little more. That was something I could understand why people were ticky-tack about. But the other one was like, that's exactly what the rule is. Like, it was plain as day. Brian Dabble's losing his mind and the 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 little the 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 referee that they bring on on air a commentary was like he's more than 5 yards downfield and he pushes him. That's illegal contact and he just left the mic. It's like <laughs> there was no discussion. People were just losing their minds cuz they can lose their minds. Um so I don't I don't know for sure which touch which missed touchdown was the one where Kittle stumped Kittle stumbled. Um, if some reason just happens, if somebody just happens to have the clip, feel free to send it to me. I didn't see that one. So the 49ers left points on the board. I'd say, you know, the fact that they kept kicking field goals over and over. On that note, by the way, Jake Moody has never missed. Field goal in the first quarter. Field goal in the third quarter. Field goal in the fourth quarter. They had three field goals on the day. It felt like more than that. Maybe it felt like more than that because... The 49ers kicked a field goal. Let me see if it's, where does it say ended? Okay, they kicked a field goal from the Giants' 11-yard line. They kicked a field goal from the Giants' 3-yard line. And they kicked a field goal from the Giants' 18-yard line. Every single one of those field goals felt like they should have been touchdowns. Now, obviously, that's not how the game works. 
But this the score to this game probably should have been more like 38 to 12, 30, 40 to 12, 40, whatever, mathematically to 12. That's kind of what it felt like. That's maybe what it should have been, should have been. But even then, it was a it was a weird game. It felt like the for a while the 49ers were playing down to the Giants. But then as the game went on, and as you kind of statistically looked at this game, it was like, damn, the 49ers mopped the floor with the Giants in a weird way. Let them hang around a little bit too long, but kind of just put their mark on the game towards the end. Daniel Jones completed 22 of 32 of his passes, which sounds great, except for the fact that it was only for 137 yards and one interception, and he's 64.2 rating. Their leading receiver was Darius Slayton with 32 yards. Their stud tight end, Darren Waller, had three catches for 20 yards. Their leading rusher was Matt Breida, who had four carries for 17 yards. It was an absolute destruction by the 49ers. Daniel Jones, who I had picked to rush for more than like 30-something yards, he rushed for five. They could do absolutely nothing on defense. The defense went berserk. Statistically, doesn't feel that berserk, but again, if you look at Daniel Jones's stats, he's completing 22 of 32 passes. He only averaged 4.3 yards per attempt. For comparison, Brock Purdy averaged 8.4. So Daniel Jones was getting the ball out quickly, but the 49ers defensive line was still getting home. Uh, Nick Bosa had a sack. Javon Hargrave had a sack. Dre Greenlaw also had a quarterback hit, and so did Eric Armstead. You know, they added four tackles for loss, an interception that bounced off the hands of Darren Waller slash Charvarius Ward, off the hands of Fred Warner, and then into the hands of Talano Hufanga, whose hair looked beautiful as he intercepted the ball in slow motion. Shout out to Maddie Louder, little sister. They also had three pass breakups, two by Ward and one by Hufanga. So, hell of a game for the 49ers defensively. The Giants just could not stay on the field. If you look at their possessions, here's the Giants game as a whole. 12 plays, 49 yards, field goals. 3 plays, 2 yards, punt. 3 plays, 0 yards, punt. 8 plays, 37 yards, field goal. 5 plays, 18 yards, punt. 2 plays, 15 yards, touchdown. That drive, um, they were given good field position by a contacting, whatever they call it, fair catch interference. And their very next play was a deep shot to Darren Waller down the left sideline on Diamondor Lenore, who committed pass interference-ish. I just think, I, I don't know if, I don't think there's any way to fix it, but when they flag receivers for pass interference on like severely underthrown balls because the receiver just kind of slows down and puts his arms out, Darren Waller was a little close to catching that ball that I'm like giving him credit for, but it's kind of like, you guys know what I'm talking about. It kind of gets a little ticky-tack. Like, Man, he wasn't going to catch that ball, and you're just penalizing me for running into him. Like, they almost need to start saying some of those balls are just uncatchable, and it's not pass interference. But I don't want to open up that can of worms because I'm sure there'd be all kinds of exceptions. Um, so, a quick touchdown on a short field. They only got 37 yards there. It was only two plays. And then here we go again three plays, six yards, punt, three plays, 11 yards, punt, six plays, eight yards, interception, six plays, eight yards. Damn, three plays, four yards, punt. So punt, 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 interception. 
Touchdown, field goal, field goal. So it was a long night for the Giants. Compare that to the 49ers. Field goal, punt, touchdown, touchdown, punt, field goal, field goal, touchdown, punt, end of game. So the 49ers offense was much more active than they're going to get credit for, than 30 points are going to describe. But that being said, when you get into the red zone, again, all three of those field goals were kicked from the red zone. You got to score points. If, if there's one thing that's going to nag at the 49ers after this game is their inability to, um, to just turn those drives into touchdowns. Let's get into some studs on the day. Christian McCaffrey had 18 carries for 85 yards. Okay, let's take a break. Beep, beep. Let's back it up. I'm going to get into prize picks. Okay, the reason I'm going to get into prize picks because I just told you how many carries Christian McCaffrey had. All right, we're going to get into this. We're going to get into this. So, obviously, to just give you some information on prize picks, daily fantasy sports. It's you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros, sharks, all you're doing is you're picking players, more or less, two to six players, and you're watching the winnings roll in. Um, you can turn $10 into $250 with just the two taps. Uh, what I personally like best, it's super easy to play. You get on there, you find the players you want, you pick more or less with the stat you want. You can choose yards, touchdowns, uh, number of carries, which I'm going to get to. But I like price picks a lot. It's been a lot of fun. I'm having a great time with it. I want you guys to join me in the fun. If you decide to join me on Price Picks, go to pricepicks.com slash gold and use the promo code gold, and they're going to match any first deposit of up to 100 bucks. So if you put in 100 bucks, they're going to give you another 100 bucks for 200 bucks. Okay. So pricepicks.com slash gold, daily fantasy sports made easy. Okay. So I went with the, the, the two entries of three players again. Okay. Let me just talk to you about this first entry. Let me just talk to you about it. I picked Brock Purdy to throw for more than 229 yards. He did this. He did this. I don't know why it says 254 on there, but he threw for 310. I picked Daniel Jones to rush for more than 37 yards. He did not do this. He rushed for five. Okay, I I did a flex play. We can do two out of three. We're still good. I picked Christian McCaffrey to have less than 17.5 rush attempts. How many did I say he had? 18. God damn it. Gosh. Get. Come on. Bullshit. What? Hopefully that didn't just hurt your your ears and your headphones and your speakers, but I had him as less than 17 rush attempts and he had 18. Come on. Like, damn it, man. One rush attempt and I think he gained. I mean, I'm going to go to the damn playlist. Let's go find Chris McCaffrey's last carry. Let's go find it. Let's see. That's Daniel Jones. Brought Chris McCaffrey left guard for four yards. Chris McCaffrey left guard for three yards. There it is. That's Chris McCaffrey's last carry was over to the left side for three yards. Did you have to give it to him, Shanahan? Did you have to? So I lost that one. But did your boy really lose? I mean, come on. Look at that. I did. I did. 100% black and white. But did I? I did. But are we sure? Anyways. My other three pick entry that I also did a flex play on. We won on that one. Okay. Daniel Jones did not throw for more than 213 yards. Okay. I didn't get that one, but Graham Gano did have more than five and a half kicking points. He had two field goals. Okay. I hit that one. And Debo Samuel did have more than 55 receiving yards, which he did have. 
I don't know why. Maybe they just stopped keeping track at some point. They have Debo Samuel's 83 receiving yards. He had 129. And a touchdown. Rock Purdy, again, throwing a beautiful deep shot down the right sideline, looking identical to his deep shot to Brandon Ayuk um, in week one against Pac- Patrick Peterson and the Steelers. Almost an exact play, perfectly thrown back shoulder. Debo Samuel turned around, caught the pass, scored a touchdown. Beautiful. Just beautiful. His other touchdown was beautiful as well. Rolled. Uh, I don't think he actually rolled left. I think it kind of fell back to his left. He went under immediate pressure and throws it right into the hands of rookie Ronnie Bell at the sideline who got his two feet in right at the pylon. It was impressive. It was impressive. Both of Brock Purdy's touchdowns were dimes. Dimes. They need to be worth more than 10 cents. You know what I mean? They've got to be more than dimes. They've got to be more than that. They've got to be like 50 cent pieces. That doesn't work as well, but, you know, they he, Brock Purdy's out there dropping 50s. You know what I mean? A little bit more than dimes. A little bit more. Let me see what else I got on my notes. Javon Hargrave ended a drive with, with another sack for him. You can tell the uh, the 49ers passing offense loses a little bit of its depth without Ayuk. Ayuk is a very effective intermediate to deep intermediate target. He's He can be guys deep. We've seen it. But he's just always open anywhere between like 8 to 25 yards. You know, somewhere in that intermediate range. He's always open. So you can tell the 49ers passing offense loses a little bit with him out of the game, but it worked out perfectly. They got the win, and Ayuk gets more time to recover from that shoulder injury. Uh, let's see here. Trent Williams. Come on, Trent Williams. Now, look, I'm going to say this. I'm not really going to defend Trent Williams because he's got to be able to keep his composure. But everybody was throwing a hissy fit on social media about the fact that Trent Williams gave a really quick shot to a dude's face mask. What they don't show you is first thing that happens is the Giants defensive lineman. Is it was it Dexter Lawrence? I think it was. Pushes uh, Aaron Banks into Brock Purdy on a kneel down play. Before the half. Both Aaron Banks and Trent Williams pushed Dexter Lawrence. If it's not Dexter Lawrence, then I'm going to feel like an idiot. We'll just say the Giants defensive lineman. They both pushed him simultaneously. And then the Giants, I believe the Giants defensive lineman's next reaction was to get like act like he was going to throw some type of haymaker at Trent Williams. Like punks him almost. But what you don't see is a super quick shot to Trent Williams' throat. Bam, really quick. And then Trent Williams throws a little baby punch to his face mask. Now, I get it. They should probably both be ejected if you're punching people, but I'm pretty sure the refs saw both of those shots and just gave them both 15-yard penalties. But the, the advertisement was going towards Trent Williams' little dumb face mask shot and he even said after the game, I believe it was per Matt Barrows, probably in the locker room, just saying, I didn't hit him that hard. It was just a little tap. But on slow motion, it looked egregious. It looked horrible. But if you actually watch that thing, one, the dude was being a douche for trying to push the guard into Purdy on a kneel down play. Douche move number one. Then he gets pushed by both simultaneously and punks Williams. I, I mean, maybe he was trying to get Williams throw out. And then like a throat shot, a quick throat shot, really? Don't be a bitch. You know, like if you're going to do something, then do it. Don't, don't, don't be a little bitch about it. And Trent Williams, you know, I love him. Still think he's the scariest dude in the NFL. 
Don't punch a dude in the face mask. You break your finger and then you're playing games with the club. Like, come on. And as always, in typical football fashion, a coaching phrase I've said a million times, the second guy always gets caught. Now, both got caught. They both got flagged. You're also one flag closer to being ejected from the game. So not smart. Trent Williams, too. He's too smart. He's too veteran to be falling for that shit. But again, bitch move, throwing a quick throat shot, hoping to get away with it, trying to draw Williams into a little scuffle. And if if it were a different ref, if somebody had seen that situation different, maybe Williams would have been ejected. But still a bitch move. You're still a bitch. I can say that comfortably from my computer chair, you know, but, you know, kind of is what it is. Tape don't lie. Dumb penalty on Dre Greenlaw, too. Uh, I mean, the can't remember who was holding him up. Charverius Ward was holding up a receiver. They hadn't blown the whistle. He wasn't on the ground. He was still fighting for yards. And Dre Greenlaw, Greenlaw flies up and puts a hit on him. Hits Ward half as much as he does the, the guy on offense. And gets flagged for a late hit. Go back and watch that. The whistle is after he hits him. Like, right after. And if it's not after... It's a split second before for a dude that's running full speed about to hit somebody. And then they flagged him for, you know, unnecessary roughness, late hit, late hit, whatever you want to call it. Stupid. Like, come on. Don't be that part of the game, refs. Like, the ticky-tack stuff, just nobody needs it. Okay. Okay. All right. I think that's pretty injury-wise, nothing too serious. He talked about Greenlaw. He talked about Debo. Debo just knocked the wind out of himself. He didn't injure his ribs that he knows of. He said he felt fine. Um, seems like the 49ers got out of this one relatively healthy. So that means that we've, we've gone over prize picks. We've gone over prize picks. Again, prizepicks.com slash gold. Play along with me. I'm having a good time. They'll match up to $100. Enjoy it. You don't have to make huge wagers. You can just, you know, take your time and have some fun with it. It's like less stressful fantasy. You know, it's it's really what it is. So be a part of uh, Prize Picks with, with me if you'd like to uh, support Striking Gold. Go to prizepicks.com slash gold and use the promo code gold as well. Again, they're going to match up to 100 bucks. Let's get into your, did I like come up with a name? The the Prize Picks post-game takeaways or something? Post, I don't know. The prize picks post game Twitter takeaways. Prize picks Twitter. I don't know. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Let's get to them. Let's get to them. All right. I think we started from the top last time. Let's go all the way to the bottom at the very leading us off with some real astute and educated observation, really elaborating on the subject, making his feelings known is Ty Carter writing red zone with a poop emoji. Brilliantly said, Ty, I couldn't have said it better myself. But seriously, though, they were trash in the red zone. You know, they had three field goals from within the red zone. Not great. I do agree with you, Ty. I'm just messing with you. Chase says, I miss E-Man. I'm assuming you mean Emmanuel Mosley, E-Man. I would agree with that. But I mean, did the corners, 49ers corners, really have that bad of a day? You know, are we still thinking about the Rams game? Again, Darius Slayton, three catches, 32 yards. Brightwell, two catches, 31 yards. Campbell, six catches for 24 yards. Sheesh, didn't go nowhere. Uh, Robinson, four catches, 21 yards. Waller, three catches, 20 yards. You know, they just didn't do much. So I'm not, I'm not really prepared to, to knock the corners that much. 
you know, but it does seem like they give up a little more than they should. Steve Wilkes is kind of a corner guy, so it's kind of an interesting feeling that we feel like the corners aren't quite playing up to snuff when that may be the way he's got his defense set up. But again, like I said, he's he's a, he's known as a cornerback guy, so we'll see how that develops throughout the season. Milo says, I don't know how good the competition has been so far, but you only have to beat what's in front of you. I think the first real test will come versus the Cowboys, and then I reckon we will have a real good guide on them. Yeah, I mean, it's true. You do only have to play who's in front of you, but as of right now, the Rams might be better than we're getting them credit for. We'll see. Uh, Pittsburgh, I'm assuming, has a great defense. Didn't they actually put on a pretty good show last week defensively? I mean, they held the Browns at 22 points, which is decent, and and the Browns got a convincing week one win over the Bengals. So I think Pittsburgh might end up being a little better than we're giving them credit for. We'll see, though. I expected that defense to be potent, and the 49ers made them look silly. Uh, But I I get your point, though. I get your point. Um, Dallas looks like an elite team. And, uh, I mean, they beat the Giants 40-0. to Different game, different weather, in the rain. That sort of thing. But, I mean, they had a convincing win over the Giants and a convincing win over the Jets. And um, now the 49ers are slated to face them week five in what will be their third straight home game. So, going to be interesting. So, I agree with you. I agree with you. I don't think you need to necessarily take anything away from the 49ers, but I do agree in the fact that we'll see how they do when, when better competition rolls around. It's coming. I mean, if we go to the 49ers schedule, look at look at this. They've got a they've got a stretch here that typical, you know how every season we talk about like a gauntlet stretch for the 49ers. Well, they've got one this year. Week five, Cowboys. Week six, Browns. Week seven, Vikings. Week eight, Bengals. Week 10, Jaguars. If you were looking to, and then you know, you got a Bucks team that doesn't seem all that impressive, then you're at Seahawks, at Eagles, home Seahawks. So they have quite the stretch coming up. You can consider the Bucks game a break maybe, but after this slate of games, I'm going to repeat that because I think that's pretty significant, and it's something we haven't really talked about yet. Week 5, Cowboys. Week 6, at Browns. Week 7, at Vikings. Week 8, Bengals at home. Week 9, bye. Week 10, at Jaguars. Week 11, Bucks at home. Week 12 at Seahawks. Week 13 at Eagles. Week 14, Seahawks at Levi's. At Cardinals and then Baltimore at home. At Commanders and then the Rams at home. So like Cardinals, Commanders, not sure. Rams, we'll see by then. They could have a different story by then. Ravens, solid. Cardinals, probably not. Seahawks, we'll see, but not easy. Divisional matchup. The 49ers have an absolute stretch of games. So to Milo's point, you know, obviously I named like their entire season. So it's, we're going to learn. We're going to learn. That's all I'll say. Judah Eisner. Bosa was really solid tonight, was in the backfield a lot, and could have had two more sacks at least. Yep, I saw somebody tweet at one point, Bosa was being triple teamed. He was in the backfield a lot. He had that first sack of the season. Um, he was consistently applying pressure. Uh, he should have had more than one sack. Oh, you know what? I think it was on a two point conversion. That's the dumbest shit to me. If the, if the points you score on a two point conversion count, 
then a defensive sack should count too. Common sense, right? It's all we have here at Striking Gold, right? Drew, Purdy put up numbers. He's good. Big win. Total domination by the D. I agree. I feel like I, for some reason, didn't feel like it was total domination. And then you look at the numbers and you kind of think back at the game, and it really was. It was pretty damn good. And Purdy, Purdy handling the blitz like that cannot be more impressed. You know, after that first quarter, we were kind of like, damn, this is rough. And then bam, nails. Matt Lee, nothing much to say tonight. Just so happy our guys came out to play on a short week with no injuries. Let's go, Niners. Solid contribution, Matt. I, hey, that is a takeaway. I want that in there. Matt, I'm glad you have nothing much to say, but I'm still glad that you left the takeaway because you're on the show. You're participating, and I appreciate it. It's good to have you. Always welcome. Everybody's got a fr- front row seat for striking gold in the gold mine. Sit on down. Welcome, Matt. Little doctor disrespect inspiration there if you're not catching on. Okay. Too fresh. Hashtag striking gold fam. Make that a thing. Let's go. Get there with too fresh. We're 3-0. What's crazy is the sloppy play from time to time, but still scoring 30. Debo reminding everyone that may have forgotten just how dangerous he is. He's reminding me in particular dangerous he is with the ball. Purdy, Purdy finally getting back into that sniper groove. Victory Friday, baby. I like that uh, sniper groove. I like that. Brock Purdy in that sniper groove. But yeah, you guys have heard me say, you know, maybe Debo might be slightly expendable now that they've got McCaffrey and Ayuk's contract is up. I'm not saying that Debo's necessarily changed my mind, but watching him play today, putting on that vintage Debo performance on that 40-yarder, breaking tackle after tackle, it was impressive. The dude is truly one of a kind. CMS, Rock has his flaws, but one of them isn't mental toughness. He wasn't his best self in the first half, but didn't get down on himself and caught up in his head. He rallied and played well in the second half. Yeah, I mean, you could argue he played well for the last three quarters. He had a rough first quarter, and then after that, he was nails. So, And that is such an underrated attribute of an NFL player is how do you respond to adversity? How do you respond when shit just isn't quite going your way? Do you get in your own head? Do you kind of fall apart? It happens all the time. All the time. But yeah, it doesn't seem to be Brock's thing. If anything, again, he looks bored. Mo Money Man, Brock knows defenses. Slow start, but he was perfect in the second half. He got blitzed on 85% of passing throws. He adjusted, calm and collected, no turnovers. I'm glad you capitalized no turnovers. Because again, per Matt Mayoko of NBC Sports, Purdy has not turned the ball over in a long time. And he's been absolutely stellar since his last turnover. The dude is playing out of his mind and maybe might slowly be getting the respect he deserves. But again, you got to take the good with the bad. He had some turnover-worthy plays today. He missed some throws, but recovered and lit it up. Sograz says, another uneven offensive game, but another 30 points. I know the focus was McKivis this offseason, but I think the concern is uh, Burford, Spencer Burford. I don't know if he's good enough in pass pro. He did get pushed around a little bit, and it doesn't. And if it doesn't get better, Niners see, should seek improvement. And that's not really that crazy of a statement because Spencer Burford's the starter right now, but he was a fourth rounder. Um, he the 49ers can get better than him, or he'll steadily improve. He's still a young player, probably ascending a little bit. Um, that's something that he can definitely improve on uh, over time. You know, he's he's just it's, this is this is his sophomore season. Darren, weird feeling we weren't playing great, but also feeling that the game was never really in doubt. 
Purdy finished really strong, which shouldn't be discounted. Wound up over 300 and multiple touchdowns. Yeah, another two-touchdown game for Purdy. The only time he didn't have two touchdowns was when I was on prize fix wagering that he would have, uh, you know, my entry was that he would have two or more touchdowns. So that's my fault, guys. Second to last, we've got Mike McVay. Team looked a little sluggish to start the game. Absolutely true. Probably due to the short week. Offense played great. Another 30 points. Bosa with a sack. Bell with his first touchdown. D did what they had to do. Debo, Kittle, CMC, Purdy all stepped up in this game to cover for Ayuk. Bring on Arizona. Bring on Arizona and a, and a long you know week and a few days of rest. The 49ers players are getting the entire weekend off. I think this team is going to uh, look like an, an energized team against Arizona. Last but certainly not least, we've got dear friend of mine, Omar, Omar Figueroa. Missed the game, thanks to work, but luckily Rob Lauder has the live action tweets. Stay updated. Thanks, Rob. Sounds like the Brock Purdy era. Continue strong. 3-0. Let's go. And you know what? Some fucking dude on Twitter, I was updating everybody on Debo Samuel's injury, and he just writes, we're watching the game. Bitch, I'm not tweeting for you. I'm tweeting for people like Omar that aren't getting to watch the game. We, I, I know most of us are watching the game. Man, kick rocks. L out of here with that shit. I, don't, I ain't tweeting for you then. Hit the unfollow button. Go find somebody else to bother. Get muted. Yell at a brick wall. Anyways. Sorry. Little outburst. I apologize for that. But hey, welcome to Striking Gold. Your 49ers podcast. Prizepicks.com slash gold. Promo code gold. Get you a $100 deposit match. That's it for the episode, guys. I'm going to take myself a weekend off. Obviously. Um, I will probably record a pod early next week. Mm, Yeah, I want to have two. So I'll probably record a pod early next week, either Sunday evening or Monday. And then I'll get back on here the usual Thursday for the uh, the Friday pregame breakdown. You know, about about a week from now. And that should do it. I'm just, I got to make sure I get back on schedule. The Thursday night game cannot throw me off. But anyways, I appreciate you guys listening to Striking Gold. If you feel like going above and beyond, leave us a, a five-star review on whatever platform you listen to the podcast on. It's greatly appreciated. I do check. I check them out. And if you want to write something in a review that you want me to see, I don't know if Spotify allows you to write reviews. If they do, I haven't been able to find them. Um, but they do on iTunes. So if you want to write a review, throw a question in there, give a shout out to somebody, give a shout, you know, whatever. I, I will read it. I'll see it. So I appreciate it. But in the end, the you listening here is the ultimate form of support. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Well, I was going to mention the fact that I'm going to be at H45, a huge Halloween event in Pasadena two weekends from now. But we'll talk about that later. It's, it's a week and a half from now. So, um, I appreciate everybody. Thank you for listening to Striking Gold. But as always, all good things must come to an end. And for another episode, I'm Rob. This is Striking Gold. And we are signing out.
Ring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.